0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature.
1: It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. This is Melina Lee Williams Haas. I deeply appreciate you listening and taking the time to hang out with me. I will be addressing issues of life, the universe, and everything that are often bogged down and mired in shame and grief, and talk about how they can be repackaged to be useful and gorgeous and fucking awesome for you. So, sit back and relax, or you know what? Sit up and freak out. However, you prefer to listen. Let's go. Welcome to All That and Mo. This is part two of a two-parter, so if you're just jumping on in, I would highly recommend going back one episode and listening to episode three before diving into this one. Come through. So what was I saying? I was saying a thing about the
0: hyenas and the thing with the stuff. So you went back to um, the Urban Tantra. Right.
1: At this particular Urban Tantra, I did another exercise mm-hmm. that is the erotic massage, yes. where you are supposed to, again, work through your chakras, but you're doing it assisted by a practitioner. And the thing is that a lot Yay. of the people who take Urban Tantra are people who are body workers of some sort. They might be sex workers, but they might also be somatic body workers okay. who do this kind of work with folks. And so how can you incorporate erotic energy into your body work, your somatic body work, Or if you're a therapist, you can talk someone through this without touching them Mm -hmm. and have them have the same experience. But if you're doing hands on work, then sure. And so, you know, one of my BFFs is there like doing the genital massage. And she, you know, wanted to know what intention I was setting. And I said, oh, um, intention. Okay, fine. My intention is to check in with all the everyone in the body, like who's in there? What's happening? Hi, brain hamsters. Hi, hyena. Hi, Ganesha. Hi, you know, like. 17 different iterations of Melina throughout her life. Yeah. Let's check in and see how everyone's doing. Yeah, And as we started the exercise and I'm like, okay, root chakra. So we know that this is where the hyena is. We're respecting her space. And again, suddenly, very abruptly, this very strong wave of emotion. And it was this sadness and frustration. Mm. And it was, why am I down here? Why mm. don't I get to do other stuff? I want to do stuff too i want to have adventures i was the sensation of backing up and in shock and i was told later that i just started saying over and over again i'm sorry i'm so sorry i love you i love you i'm sorry Mm. to this aspect of myself and you know since i do have issues with self-love as an alcoholic i think that's fairly clear having that was such a breakthrough of a part of myself that wasn't conscious expressing love for this part of myself was really fucking huge. It was such a breakthrough because I don't sit around loving myself generally. Mm-hmm. I have to stop and give myself pets. It's not organic to me. Mm-hmm. I have to stop and say, you're doing so well. You're awesome. You're fierce and wonderful and you're, you're kicking ass. I don't feel that way moment to moment, day to day. And so to acknowledge that type of energy within this exercise, Also, keeping in mind, there's a room full of other people watching this demonstration.
0: Oh, this was a demonstration? Yeah, this
1: was a demonstration for the class. Sorry, I shouldn't have said that word. (laughs) So, yeah, so this was like, you know, but the thing is that all the people who were there are professional space holders and healers. Nice. So you could not pick a better place to have that kind of breakthrough. Right. You didn't just have one or two people holding space for you. You had like a whole gang of folks holding 26. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's, it's me. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to do yeah. this like just like for shits and giggles because it's for me. It has to also be for the room. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And the majestic part about that was I was able to see what happened reflected back to me from other people who saw it as a process that was really beautiful and amazing. Mm. And all the people coming up and saying, thank you so much for being so present and letting us witness that. And, you know, after the exercise, after I was, you know, downstairs and taking a shower and trying to like catch my breath back. And I realized that what I had done was fine. I had -hmm. not committed any crimes against myself, Mm. but I now was at the point where she needed to breathe. Mm -hmm. And I needed to not just say she has space to live, but how does she run through all the chakras? How does that energy inform the rest of who I am? Yeah, Energy that I had previously seen as problematic and ugly and had worked for many years to pull from that, to reclaim and to say, no, hyenas are fucking awesome. Mm -hmm. Everything I learned in my research about them was stunning and incredible. And I wanted to be able to respect that and i thought that i really felt that giving her space was respecting that because i know i want my space right well it, it, it was it
0: it was a necessary step right and it was useful and then it became limiting
1: limiting yeah 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 and when it was that time and when the space availed itself and i was safe mm-hmm. right because that's also important that's not the kind of situation you necessarily want to have by yourself at four in the morning yeah or surprise your partner with and they're just like what <laughs> oh, Jesus. why are you biting and scratching me? <laughs> <laughs> why are you non-verbally freaking out it felt really like the time was right mm. the place was good and i'm at this place now where i'm starting to well i have already started to integrate that energy and that approach into the rest of my life and practice because what i had not previously paid enough respect to is the fact that the hyena is a a a matriarchal society pure up and down through and through Mm -hmm. you know girls rule the world in their culture Mm -hmm. and they are fiercely protective of their pack and they are incredibly resourceful Mm. they can digest everything on an animal hmm. there's no other animal that could eat teeth and bones and gather nutrition from that there's no other animal that can eat putrefied flesh and not be sick and gather nutrition from yeah. that that is an amazing superpower there's no other animal where there's no gender dimorphism in the genitals female and male hyena genitals look exactly the same oh really yes it is an external, um, it looks like a, it's called a pseudopenis because it's not quite a dick, but it's kind of a dick. Okay. And you know how in fetuses, the labia and the scrotum start the same as sort of this fused sack, a pouch. Uh-huh. And then it, it it diversifies into the folds of the labia mm-hmm. and the scrotum on cisgender male people. And in hyena, that never happens. So wow. with hyena, that external pseudopenis and, and pseudoscrotum thing, mm-hmm. that whole situation is the same on all of them. And for years, people thought that hyena were hermaphroditic creatures because they couldn't tell the difference between the male and the female. Mm. Female hyenas have to deliver their cubs through that tube. And so oh oftentimes God. the first cub will die. The first cub of a first litter will, will, will die, will suffocate on the way out. Mm. It also means that for a hyena to mate, the female must retract and accept the male. You can't, there's no way a male hyena could force a female hyena to have sex. Can't do it. Cause all she has to do is be like, nope, I'm not retracting it. Fuck off. <laughs> yes. So you want to talk about like female supremacy. This is what we're looking at with that type of female energy. You know, if we want to go in that direction mm-hmm. has a power to it. And for me to say, okay, I'm to acknowledge that and see where my energies are and how that informs who I am. Mm-hmm. There's a reason that my brain picked that I'm not sure I know all of those reasons yet, but I think some of those reasons are that that fierceness and that protectiveness are important. Yeah. And people love it. Like later on in that same, that same urban Tantra, there were some, there was one woman who was like, Oh, I'd be interested in playing with the hyena. I'm like, really? Okay. Let's see what did, not, and you did? I did. I wound up biting <gasps> the shit out of this chick.
0: Ooh. Wait, didn't you also, what about the dude in maybe Sweden?
1: Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Was that yeah. you playing? With that also lighting- was playing with that energy. I, a lot of people refer to that as shape shifting. I don't huh. know that I want to use that word. I would say manifesting mm. in terms of saying, okay, I'm going to see what it's like to just breathe as that entity. Wow. Yeah. And what it turned out to be was like, I want to bite you. And I like, yeah, and I do want to fuck you, but I also want you to be safe and okay mm. while I'm doing these terrible things to you. Sounds great. Sounds very good. And what's remarkable about that is living in the kink world, Mm -hmm. that type of nurturing dominance is beautiful. Yeah. There's a whole group of people, and I'm already in that group. Isn't that convenient? I'm living in a world where the language of, you know what, I love you and I respect you and I honor you and I want to protect you and I want to bite the shit out of you and drag you around the room by your neck Mm -hmm. are not incompatible. Yeah. In fact, (laughs) (laughs) when you present those that seeming dichotomy to folks, they absolutely are fascinated by it. And what I discovered more recently is that that energy is healing for people, Mm. people who experience that type of I'm going to fuck you up while I'm holding you and you're safe
0: Mm -hmm.
1: is something that opens up all kinds of other realms for people. And that's, I mean, that's what got me to the point of having this idea of being a kink doula for people. Yes. Is that having that idea of saying, I will, with my experience, with my knowledge, with my love for humanity and also love for fucking people up, because I do like fucking people up,
0: Mm -hmm. you know,
1: I'm in service to their journey. I don't necessarily think I'm sadistic, but I do like seeing people feel good. Mm hmm. And if I can do that by, you know, kicking their ass, I will step into that. Mm -hmm. I can do that for you. And so at this most recent Urban Tantra was when I had this idea and this basically like a calling to say, you know, this this is also work you have to do. Mm. This work of being present for people as they are discovering their kinky selves or rediscovering their kinky selves or exploring their sexuality or exploring their violence or their brutality to find ways for someone to say, I have this darkness within me. Great. What can you do with that darkness safely and in a way that nurtures you and the darkness? Mm -hmm. And that's where I think this is going my whole, you know, because I was like, kink doula. Like, again, that just fell on my head. Yeah, yeah. And I looked up the word doula because I was like, am I stepping on the toes of of professional doulas? And of mm-hmm. course, because it's my life, there was a doula two feet from me. And I turned <laughs> to her and I was like, hey, girl. Hey, <laughs> girl. <laughs> so if I call myself a kink doula, she's like, oh, I love that. And I was like, am I offending doulas? She said, no, no, no. If you don't call yourself a professional doula, then there's no problem there. You know, she goes, doulas just like, you know, a title it doesn't it doesn't have a thing attached to it and then when i looked it up i was elevated because doula Mm. in i think it's i I guess it's the greek or i think is it latin or greek i can't remember whichever it is i think it's greek it just means woman who serves yeah that's what the word means sounds like fuck yes i can embrace that shit i'm already fucking there you're already a doula i am a doula (laughs) (laughs) i just i just ain't know it yet so the idea of tapping into the journeys that I have experienced Mm -hmm. and saying, you know what, I've gone through this, I've walked through this, maybe you can walk through this too, Yeah, and see where it lands. It doesn't mean that you're gonna go out and become a professional dominatrix, Uh but it might mean that you are able to tap into that darkness and not see it as something scary that needs to be pushed away, but find out where the darkness is nurturing, because it is, it has to be, because everything contains everything else, right? The darkness has light, Yes. The Light has darkness. Yes. Yes. And if we don't acknowledge that, which we fucking don't in America. No, we don't. Okay.
0: Here's another question. Aside from the play that you were doing at the urban Tantra event, Mm -hmm. um, have you noticed a change in your sex life,
1: in your sexuality since then? I will say, and this is, this is interesting because I'm already experiencing the uh, not unusual middle aged lady libido. Sinkhole. <laughs> single single <laughs> just like just like oh sex is it marked by the fact that i don't it like even just jerking off for my own edification is very minimal now like mm-hmm. it used to be like sort of i'm tired but i need to like readjust real fast it was an easy cheat for me to like rub one out and then i would you know mm-hmm. even that had fallen off the wayside so right now i'm in sort of like sex camel mode Like when I go to the, to the, to the, to the the sex, what is that called? When you go to the like Oasis, Oasis, the sex (laughs) Oasis, I'm like, (laughs) I'm like drinking, drinking. And I'm like, now I'm fine for like maybe a week, week and a half, maybe even two weeks. But then when I do need to drink, oh, I'm drinking. I am taking in all of the, you know, so when I do have sex, it's ridiculous. Mm. It's so intense. It's so many hours. It's so many orgasms. It's so many out of body fucking experiences. Jesus. That I feel like, you know, and and this is the thing like that, that bitey scratchy energy Uh has its place. Uh And if I'm like, you know what? I really, I need to bite you right now. Mm -hmm. Very few people will say no. (laughs) No one I know, no one I'm going to be having, let me just put it this way, no one I'm going to be having sex with, if I'm like, I need to bite you, are they going to be like, absolutely not. They might be like, well, how about here? (laughs) Somewhere where it's not going to show, like not the neck, I'm like, can I bite your butt, for example, or your thigh or your calf muscle or whatever it is, but something muscular that I can just get my teeth into. And, but at the same time, be like hugging you really tight so you feel very safe and loved, you know? That's so sweet. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, the one woman I did actually have, like we were hugging Uh as I bit the shit out of her neck.
0: Mm.
1: And so we had like full head to toe contact Mm -hmm. and the biting. That's great. And she was like afterwards, like floating around. It was her partner was there as well. And her partner was like, whoo, <laughs> And I'm like, y'all are going to have a lovely evening, I feel, <laughs> after this delightful uh, uh, event. And it was, it was miraculous because even just 10 minutes, little 10 minute interaction, mm-hmm. I felt so energized and so charged up. Mm. And I was, I was realizing, I said, oh, OK, and this is why when we fragment ourselves, we lose that energy, that particular type of energy, I need it. Yeah. (laughs) I need that energy. I can't wall it off. I can't afford that. Right. And what these recent experiences and, and seeing how that has come from letting her have her space to letting her run around a little bit more. Mm -hmm. I can do that now because I'm no longer afraid that she's going to say, and let's drink, you know? Yeah. Wow. That type of reaction is not what I fear I don't have that concern Mm -hmm. that she's gonna roll in and be like we're an alcoholic again actively doing our alcoholism yeah I know I and I understand that that aspect of myself sees clearly that that is not the way and whether or not she's completely happy not running the show don't really care (laughs) (laughs) I'm like I know that this might be torture for you that you're not the boss anymore because you have big boss energy but we are working together as the boss
0: I heard that. (laughs) It's really incredible how like your relationship with bubbles has that journey Mm -hmm. so clearly laid out. Like, like the fact that she is this entity that like has a form, the form of a hyena instead of just being some kind of vague idea, but there's like really clear where and what she is Mm -hmm. and stuff. Like this is the, like the personal growth journey that we're all trying to do. Right. And yours is so so well-manifested, so clear, so, so easy to see and comprehend
1: in a way. Right. The reason for that is, of course, the reason that my higher power gave is because I have to tell that story. We'll be right back after a little breather and stretcher. If you're someone who is curious about kink and BDSM but has no doggone idea where to start, I got you. First off, I'm the co-author of a book called Playing Well with Others, The Guide to Exploring, Navigating, and Discovering the Kink, Leather, and BDSM Relationships. You can find that on Amazon, and I'll put a link in the description. But let's say you want a more personal one-on-one interaction. I got you, fam. Go to thekinkdoula.com. It's T-H-E-K-I-N-K-D-O-U-L-A. You may be familiar with the concept of doulas from childbirth, but... What about rebirthing yourself? What about going deep within and uncovering the secrets and wondrous discoveries that maybe, just maybe, have been hiding from you or you've been hiding from yourself for a long time? You want to talk about your secret fetish, your kink? Perhaps just you're curious about how to expand your mind a little bit more into becoming the person you truly want to be. Contact me at thekinkdoula.com. And let's see who you can become.
0: My memory or my understanding of sort of the charge you were given by Ganesha mm-hmm. had to do with you living your life very publicly. Correct. So you
1: didn't mention that just now. You just said you living your life. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. I, it, which is so funny because I don't even think of it in those terms because right. I, I'm like, oh, well, of course, publicly. What, duh? <laughs> <laughs> Tell the story. Say the stuff. Say the hard stuff. Mm hmm. Say all the stuff. You say all the stuff. I'll (laughs) be goddamn. If you had told me when I was first getting sober Mm -hmm. that I would not only talk about my alcoholism, but that I would talk about the psycho shit around my getting sober up until including the gruesome details of being like, yeah, I would be drunk and like piss the bed repeatedly. Like that was my life. There was a point where I was like sleeping on plastic sheeting Mm -hmm. because I knew that I had drunk too much and I was not gonna get up. There was no way I was talking about that. Yeah. Uh uh, why? Why would you? And I will tell you, one of the people who assisted me in getting past that actually was Margaret Cho. Oh, because Margaret has a special Uh where she talks about her addiction and she was talking about shitting herself Mm. in this special. And I'm sitting there like with my jaw open going, Oh my fucking God. And I told her actually. When I, w- I was on her podcast, I can put a link Yay. to that in the show notes, you know, uh, and we were chatting. I said, you know, you really gave me the fucking ovaries to step up and say, I'm going to share this shit mm-hmm. because it's stuff that nobody talks about and people need to know. Yeah. People need to hear it. And silence and shame is lethal. Mm-hmm. It kills people daily. It almost yeah. killed me yeah. until I was like, fuck this. I'm too afraid to die. The shame has been overcome by my thanatophobia, mm. which is ultimate deep fear of death. And that's the one thing that motivated me.
0: So how often do you feel shame? Because you still have you still feel shame,
1: right? Yeah. So um, what's rare, what, though? Like what triggers shame? What triggers you? shame? I mm-hmm. will tell you this. It is when I don't do or say the thing that is on my heart in the moment. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's the one thing that's left. Is that if, if, if I witness something and I don't say and I don't step into it mm. or if I want to share something with someone and I don't, yeah. that feels shameful to me like there's been there's been a couple times in the fast in the past few years where i've had like really deep attractions to people mm-hmm. and i've been like i'm too embarrassed and too it's it, i'm too ashamed that like i'm not worthy enough to say to this person i find you really attractive and interesting and maybe we could do something i don't know what that would look like but okay <laughs> goodbye <laughs> <laughs> i'm ashamed of that reticence and that 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 reluctance in uh-huh. my life but in terms of things that i do i'm not ashamed of any of those things at all Hmm. and part of that is just because i keep saying all the gross shit which is why i facebook i'm like i'm going in for a colonoscopy i'm pooping my brains out y'all and now i have hemorrhoids and diverticulosis (laughs) because i don't want people to sit there like not we don't talk about so much stuff that kills people especially especially people of color yeah especially as a woman of color if i'm out there like going let them go up your ass come on sisters let's go this shit is killing us at 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 a rate that is not acceptable and preventable. And some of that is shame. And I'm like, no, don't do it. Don't do it. So yeah, this is, that is, that is my last, my last battlefield.
0: (laughs) I mean, you, another thing we were talking about before we were recording is I have a very slow process Mm. of interpretation to go from like, when I feel something in my gut to understanding in my brain, what it is. Yeah. But, but you, you actually, your brain is really, is really talking to your heart yes, and your gut. And so you have the ability to speak these things right away.
1: Yes, that is true. That is true. And it's difficult for me because I, being in my own brain and body, mm-hmm. forget that everyone is not like me. Well, there it is. And it can be We're very difficult. <laughs> I know it's like, it's like duh, but also, oh no, yeah. Mm-hmm. Realizing mm-hmm. that my process is weird Mm. compared to the average human being who has to think about stuff. And like the whole, let me sleep on it. There's a reason for that. Yeah, Sleep on it is not just some sort of bullshit phrase. Your body does shit to your brain, with your brain, with your brains and your guts while you're sleeping. And when you wake up, you are a different person. Mm -hmm. Time has passed Mm -hmm. and you are able to see clearly. Mm -hmm. And so the idea that sleeping on something is crazy, I'm like sleeping on something. No, let's do it right now. I have already sussed out all the potential futures. I know what I want to do. But that's not standard. No. People need time to think and to incorporate. And so I I am the one who has to say to myself over and over again, calm down. Mm. Take a deep breath. Sleep on it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Even if it's not quote unquote necessary, there's also nothing wrong with that. Well, when you do sleep on it, do you gain anything else or are you still? I do sometimes. What I often will gain is a surety. So, like, if I make that okay. snap judgment, I'm like, I'm confident that this snap judgment is fine. However, I'll sleep on it, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, it's fine.
0: <laughs> Amazing. And you, okay, here's a question: Is shame and embarrassment two different things in your opinion?
1: Yes. When I feel you, like shame is a gut thing, like yeah. for something you have done, and embarrassment is a passing emotion. Okay. Like, I feel embarrassed because this happened or Uh this happened to me. Uh Whereas I feel like shame is deeper and has to do more with your core ideals. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Okay. Okay. So do you experience embarrassment? (laughs) Uh, Very rarely, Mm. very rarely. And the last time I, (laughs) it's been a long time. I'll tell you the last time I was embarrassed was a scene that I did with a play partner of mine who I made the mistake of telling, I said, I'm an actor. You can't embarrass me. I embarrass myself for a living. Uh-huh. I do stupid shit all the time. I don't care. Now saying this to, you know, lessons learned. So baby masochists, baby <laughs> kink people, don't say this to, to <laughs> say this, because they will spend the rest of their life Dang it. figuring out how to fuck you up. And this particular person, I feel like I can't diagnose anyone, but if I were to put them on a spectrum of humanity, I would say that they are on the spectrum of benign sociopathy. Like, (laughs) for example, a surgeon is benignly sociopathic. Yes. Right? Yes. And I love that about them. Like, don't think about me as a human being. Don't worry about my thoughts and fears. You focus on the surgery.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You focus on that shit. Because could you imagine if like every time you did surgery, you were like, I have this person's life in my hands. Like you would lose your mind. Word. Yeah. So, you know, you have people who are sort of a little bit distant from that type of empathy because there's many types of empathy. Let us let us make that clear as well. Okay. Those folks have their place in the world. And in the animal kingdom of the BDSM and kink world, they can make very, very good dominance and tops because they're not worried about your feelings. Hmm. Their concern is the scene. So if you consent to play in this particular arena with these folks, what you'll get is someone who is very thoroughly dedicated to fucking you up. Consensually, obviously, Mm -hmm. in this case, this person was an ongoing play partner, but the ways that they fucked you up were so it wasn't even like they just beat you harder. It was like they would fuck with your head. Mm. And so when I made this offhand comment, I apparently had waved a red flag in front of a bull or any color flag, because, of course, they can't see colors. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah. They don't know. Side note. Yeah. Bulls well, don't see color. No, well, Thing number one me. is that you're waving something in front of them and yeah. they're annoyed. Yeah. And B, there's a strap on their balls. There's all kinds of. See, th- there's th- oftentimes like sticks in their back, like yeah. s- spears. So that, they're, oh, they're going to be pissed off. <laughs> Your little towel has nothing to fucking do with the torture of that poor animal. OK, but I digress. Mm-hmm. So he arranged a scene for me. And the scene was this, there was a dungeon in San Francisco that was holding a fundraiser play party. So all the money from that night was going to go to this women's shelter because we're, you know, we do that. And so he had a toy that was a strap on dildo that strapped to a boot. Mm. So, you know, like the top of your, of your foot. So let's say you were straddling someone and they had their foot between your legs. Yeah. The dildo went right there on the top of the foot. And it was held on by a little harness onto the top of a boot. Okay. So you could, for example, like have someone sitting on your foot Uh while fucking a dildo, right? Yeah. And I have an appreciation for boots. I enjoy them. Mm -hmm. It's not a fetish, but it's certainly like, what's short of a fetish? A fascination and arousal. I find them erotic. I'm sorry. I just have to interject. Sure. I feel like someone should put a dildo on a hat for you. (laughs) So I can mind fuck myself. (laughs) You know, there are hats for fucking for hawks. I just saw this thing, this, this, some viral thing that went by where apparently hawks bond with their trainers. Like when, when someone's like a, oh. a hawk trainer and so they want to mate with you cause they're like, you're my, you're my partner, but you know, the physiology is not a thing. So they wear these special hats that then the male hawks, cause of course, like many males of many species will have sex with the hat and then they gather the sperm and inseminate the female hawks. Okay. All right.
0: I know where we have to go back to. Yes, dildo on boot, but I just want to say this, so are you saying because you know eighty or more percent the vast majority of birds don't have penises mm-hmm. bird species mm-hmm. it's only a couple bird species that have penises, right. most bird species they it, everyone just got like a fluffy hole and they, and they just, just rub it they just smash their little fluffy holes together and something happens. Yes. Okay. So are you saying that hawks are one of the species that have... No, I'm saying hawks smash their fluffy holes
1: against (laughs) this mesh hat. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, you know, the semen drips down into a little container. Oh, great. And they gather it and then they... semen, container. Yeah. Good. Okay. So dildo on boot. Yes. So the scenario that was established was that... There was no foot in the boot. The boot just was a boot on its own with a dildo on it. Okay. And I was dressed in an O-gag, which is a gag that's a circle that sits in your mouth instead of a ball gag, which mm-hmm. most people are familiar with. An O-gag is a ring on a strap okay. that sits in your mouth and it holds your mouth open. And air can flow. Yeah, you can breathe. Okay. Everything's fine. Your mouth is just held open, Ugh, okay. which is terrible if you don't like drooling because you will drool you'll drool and i have serious issues with bodily fluid i hate i hate drool i hate drooling i hate messiness i hate wetness on me and so already this is a problem and i'm like god damn this motherfucker he then puts on a leather harness Mm -hmm. and then attaches a sign to the harness that says mo is fundraising for the women's shelter if you put a dollar in the boot, she is compelled to hump the dildo boot for one minute for every dollar you pay. And this is all written on this sign. So I'm now sitting on a pillow in the corner of the dungeon lobby with like a dildo boot in my cooch, waiting for people to stuff money in it so I can hump it and entertain the crowd. Mm. And I'm like, "Ah, whatever, fine. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting there, the party's happening, people are coming in and are like, oh my God, Mo, what have you gotten yourself into And I'm like, <laughs> 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 and I'm like just put that right. So so this is going on, and and people are coming in, and no one's staying in the lobby really for that long. There's a food table there. Mm. You check in and sort of hang out. It's sort of like the chat space. And then people go into the dungeon and to the playrooms and whatever else. So I was signed up to do this for one hour. So the first 15, 20 minutes is like people just like tossing money, making it rain, you know, like stuffing money in my in my in my little um, harness instead of in the boot or, or whatever else. Mm-hmm. And it's hilarious. And then the trickle sort of the, 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 the flow of people slows to a trickle. And then at one point, it's just me and like the woman in the uh, at the desk. And she's like laughing, like, oh, look at you. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> And then it's like half an hour now and like my knees are tired, so I'm shifting positions and I'm like kneeling up instead of kneeling down and going you know side to side because I'm like just tired. And then someone would come back out and be like, oh, she's not fucking the boot and throw more money in. Um, and then people would like go by to like check something in their code or take a phone call or whatever else. But then like by the, by the, the second half hour, I was pretty much alone just mm. sitting there on this boot. I'm like, this is not fun anymore. Mm. And then at one point, my play partner poked his head back out. He's like, how you doing? I'm like, he's like, okay, great. And goes back and, and leaves. Wow. And now it's like 40 minutes. And I'm starting to have this feeling of dread and clamminess. Mm. And someone walks by and like glances up and down and keeps walking. And I was like, I don't, wh-. and I felt this emotion. Ooh. Okay. And I was like, what is this? Ooh. What is this? And I was like, oh, my God, I'm totally embarrassed that no one is watching. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I felt embarrassed and eventually humiliated. Yeah, I bet you did. Yeah. And so finally, like, the hour is up, straight up on the hour. My play partner comes back out, like, followed by, like, eight or ten other people who are, like, <laughs> like, takes out the gag. And I'm like, I'm a mess, bro. I am a mess. Yeah. Like just like I collapse, like sobbing, like just sobbing my heart out. And he, of course, because like any good sadist slash person on the spectrum of sociopathy, he's like, I know how to fix this. Rehydrate, blanket, get the temperature back, check on the thing, blah, 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 blah. Hold them closely, you know, like mm-hmm. sometimes. And actually I've had this be really helpful when I've had a rough scene is someone to just lay on top of you mm. to really just keep your body into the ground as much as possible.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Really
1: helpful. Handy trick for those of you who are doing kink stuff. Have someone lay on top of you if you're fucked up after a scene. It's remarkable. Just their heartbeat on you can really mm. help to bring you back. And so once I was able to speak again, he was like, so how was it? I was like, it was terrible. It was the worst. It was so humiliating. I was like, what the fuck? And 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 it took me like hours to realize what had happened. Mm. And what had happened was
0: mm-hmm.
1: you ignored me. Yo. Mm -hmm. You ignored me. Mm -hmm. That's embarrassing. That is embarrassing to have me and all my magnificence and no one care. And then he's laughing because he's like, yeah, I told everyone not to go watch you. I was like, you what? The reason I was alone in the lobby is because he's like, don't go out there. He's like, this is the scene. I want her to be alone. Dang it. See, this is what I'm talking about this yeah. is what I'm this yeah, is he's this. brilliant <laughs> <laughs> i was like you did it you win you mind fucked me v- brilliantly because i had no idea that that was the thing mm. because i'm not particularly a i'm not in kink in the kink world i am not exhibitionistic i don't need people watching me i don't really care if you watch me or not however that was a performance yeah that was yeah. me performing for the crowd that was me specifically having a performative moment Mm -hmm. where i had to do something in exchange for money yeah and no one was buying so wow wow yeah this is
0: this is what he does he like he creates scenes with this level of insight insight yeah yeah wow
1: yeah (laughs) that's where he puts his creative energy yeah yeah one of the places (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <What>? <laughs> the place i like the most uh-huh. <laughs> wow. making a lot of money in tech was the place where he put oh. the rest of his creative <laughs> yeah perfect benign sociopathy exactly i was tech. about to say that's exactly <laughs> that's exactly where you find a shit ton of those motherfuckers Dang. yeah 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 but it was remarkable because what it showed me and reminded me was that I'm not superhuman. Like, there's no aspect that can't be reached. Mm. You know, like, I like to think I'm like, you can't do that to me. It's like, well, yes, you can. It might be more difficult. It might be more complex. It might be more subtle. Uh huh. But can I be embarrassed and humiliated? Absolutely. And let's be real. It took a lot to get <laughs> <you> that position. <laughs> thank you for acknowledging that because yeah. it was because i'm just that like oh well you know serious work and yes. effort to yeah, yeah, yeah. get you yes yeah. it was a coordinated effort like there was a whole dungeon full of people okay. in on it mm-hmm. <laughs> who were mad because they were like all i want to do is watch mo fuck that okay. <laughs> Wow well,
0: they, they all committed <laughs> mm.
1: they were like no 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 it's their scene <laughs> 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 that is one of the delightful things about perverts is that we do try to honor each other's madness <laughs> it's beautiful <laughs> maybe we should wrap it up Are all right know, it's a little late i know you probably need to start going sometime i should soon. probably start going yeah yeah, yeah yeah i'd like to give a huge thank you to my to my host hey <laughs> to my host today rami to margon host and homie where can we see you rami margon what where can you see me by the by this will live on the internet forever talk about your show oh oh okay well i
0: mean i'm an actor yeah i have a website rami margron and there is a palindrome in my name by the way um that's r-a-m-i-m-a-r-g-r-o-n dot com oh you know what what i'm gonna say this i also on youtube have Yes. Plug that. (laughs) I have a seated workout dance workout series called Rami's sit and groove. So it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You should do my chair workout videos. They will be fun. You will have a good time. So that's Rami's R-A-M-I apostrophe S
1: Rami's sit and groove workout on YouTube. Wonderful. And I will put that in the show notes if my producer reminds me to do show notes. All right. I suck at this. I'm not, I'm just so, it's so it's, excruciating. It's like episodes two and three. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing great. You're amazing. Or three and four. Cause I have, I already have them. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Wonderful. Uh, 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 yeah. Shoulders off. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Mm. Thank you so much. I love you so much. And I'm so, so grateful much. to have you in my life and to know you and I'm honored To have had this amazing time to sit and hang out. Ditto. Yeah. All
0: those things you said. And to talk.
1: This was really good. It was great. I'm so glad we did this. Especially because we started off with a like, what are we going to talk about? And then it got like hella deep and interesting and topics I want to talk about and seeding for other topics. And oh my God, fantastic.
0: Yes. Yay. It's the
1: least I can do for you considering that you're doing all this for me. (laughs) Special thanks to I think I actually gave you a shout out in my first episode, page. If I didn't, I should. Mm. You know, thanks patrons, thanks oh, to Ami hey. for mm. the occasional gentle, uh, uh do the thing. <laughs>
0: the, the occasional energetic thrust.
1: <laughs> but it's the energetic thrust. It really drives you insane. <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to All That and mo. Thanks so much for spending your precious, precious time with me today. My podcast is produced by Cody Crab. theme music by Georg Friedrich Haas, as performed by Marcus Weiss. And I look forward to spending time with you again really soon.